0: If three of you were locked in a room in a death match, who would get out? We all would. We'd figure out a way to cooperate. We would break that's the right. fucking rules.
1: We'd 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 choose the solution to the prisoner's dilemma where everybody wins. We wouldn't light that match.
0: Cause that's a terrible idea. Yeah. If somebody gave you a book of death matches, why would you just leave it there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 114 of Video Games Hot Dog, a
2: podcast Ooh. that we
1: do after playing some video games.
2: Sometimes while we're playing
1: video games. Pretty Although much usually... everything we do is done after we've played some video games. Well, and
0: before we play some more, until that fateful episode, right before we die.
2: Did I mean did you suckle teat uh after playing a video game? Hmm.
1: I don't really know what happened, but in my life, before I was born, there might have been a video game there somewhere. No. Okay. There was
0: an infinite amount of time, therefore everything happened.
1: Yes. Exactly. <laughs> right. That's
0: how infinity works,
2: right? <laughs> well, except for except for was it really infinite, or did, did time start with the Big Bang? Hmm. Were there no video games before the Big Bang? I think there were no Big Were there well, no
0: video games before Time Magazine started being published?
2: It's possible that the Big Bang... Is a video game right? Yeah. Like this is all just a computer simulation, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. But it,
0: it is an interactive
2: simulation. No, it's just a simulation. We just have the illusion of agency. Oh my God! Is that why
1: we are NPCs.
2: Yeah.
0: Ah, that's that's the fate. That's a fate worse than oblivion.
1: Well, that's a game worse <laughs> than oblivion.
0: You're assuming that there is
2: a PC, right? Maybe we are just can, in. Can can <sighs> there be NPCs without a PC? I, that's that's my question, right? Like because it's. It is entirely possible that we are just a simulation running on a computer that there is nobody paying any attention to. <laughs> well, okay. So does simulation on no the Borderlands
0: exist if no one is playing it right now? I don't know. So can there be NPCs without a PC? This is like, is math a fundamental feature of the universe or is it something that we discovered? Like, is there... Can there be an incident at Owl Creek Bridge if there is no owl, nor creek, <laughs> nor bridge? Okay. If Discussed. there's no such thing as a bridge and owls are extinct
2: okay can you remember anything
0: <laughs> no but seriously this this is this is a, I think an actually a kind of an interesting question okay if no one is currently reading a, a shakespeare play in which falstaff appears okay can it be said that there is a falstaff the character of falstaff yeah like is the potential to exist in the mind I mean, of a reader this, this comes sufficient?
2: This comes back to the whole save the date discussion, I think, right? Because is is a story inherently a conversation between an author and a participant, a reader or a you know a viewer or whatever, or is it something that exists outside of any kind of? participation mm. so and this
0: thing if we read the odyssey right like or if if we go extinct and a billion years from now some other civilization discovers and manages to mm-hmm. translate a text of the odyssey right was did the odyssey exist in, in that interim. in the intervening time right hmm. and this is this is spooky
3: guys
2: well, i mean i think it is fair to say that that Some people would say that it exists, right like like the the paper, you know assuming that there right. is an objective right. universe outside of our experience that you know the paper or whatever the medium that conveys the message is extant in the universe. <clears throat> but whether that message <sighs> pertains to anything without an observer, I think is is sort of the real
0: issue right can the odyssey be said to exist more than a variation on the odyssey that was not written down sure for instance yeah Mm? that's tough it's almost as though three three cisgendered privileged white (laughs) dudes who only speak english yeah doing a podcast about video games are not equipped to answer these fundamental questions about the way the universe works.
2: I don't know that anyone is. I don't know that anyone can definitively answer these questions.
0: Here's a question that we are equipped to answer, Riff. What what have you been up to the last couple days?
1: Hmm. I went and saw uh, Pacific Rim. The movie. So you just like went and like
0: viewed
2: yes. the coast of the United we, States. Went out and
1: saw the the rim of the Pacific.
0: Before you got to the theater, mm-hmm. did the movie exist <laughs> in any meaningful
1: way? Uh. There were reviews of it before I went to see it. So assuming those people exist, then I would say yes. Well, here's a
2: question. So you you had seen trailers and you'd read some reviews? Mm Mm-hmm. So you had preconceptions going into the film. You knew kind of what to expect.
1: Yes. I was expecting uh, the American live-action version of Evangelion. Is that what? the
0: one where the girl turns into a m- old man when she gets wet? That's Ronald. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um,
2: so do you find, this is, I'm abstracting it back out, do you find mm. that your experience of films is better or worse when you have a bunch of, like, sort of predispositions towards what you're going to experience?
1: Hmm. Well, it depends on the f- film like I Hmm. if I had known what was going to be happening in Memento then Memento would not have blown my mind as much as it did seeing it in the movie theater with no preconceived notions okay but that's that's a very different sort of movie than Pacific Rim
0: you can make anything very similar to Memento if you smoke enough weed (laughs) because <laughs> you just forget what happened yeah. five minutes before. Like you just shut off your, you shut off your short-term memory sufficiently, and yeah, everything yeah. becomes Memento.
1: It's true. I did see an episode of Doctor Who once that that blew my mind in much the same way as Memento did. And I, <laughs> I, I was, in fact, not in a legal state of mind at the time, so that may have been exactly what happened. <laughs>
2: Did you end up with more tattoos than you started watching the episode with? I did not, thankfully. <laughs>
0: okay. So this, this, might, this might come to bear on our later conversation, because I, uh, I've been thinking about, as I've been playing Alpha Protocol, the, the notion that I have somehow acquired just through the ether of the internet that that game is compromised in some way, mm. that it is unfinished. Same idea that I have about Knights of the Old Republic 2. Hmm. And I wonder... If I had heard the same thing about Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, would I have gotten to the sewer and thought, this is what they were talking about, as opposed to my naive experience of the game, which was having gotten to the sewer and thinking, fuck, this part sucks.
2: Did you, did you have the fan patch installed when you played? Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I did not. And I wonder how different our experiences
0: were. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you guys discovered some side quests and whatnot that I didn't ever...
2: Hmm.
0: That I wasn't aware of. Um...
2: And those are just built in.
0: I didn't install the content patch. I only installed the bug fix patch.
2: Oh, okay. So that, I mean, that, that's that. I guess is what I was like, okay. was questioning. Like, because there's a a bunch of content that was in the data files, but that wasn't actually accessible in game. That they have unearthed and made available and stuff. So
0: <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I like. How was Pacific Rim, Riff? How
2: was uh,
1: Pacific Rim? it? Was it was. It was about as good as I feel like it was likely to be. I mean, it was extremely predictable and by the numbers. uh, But the the important part of that movie is that the robots be awesome and look awesome when they're moving and when they're punching awesome monsters in the face. And all of that was awesome. So on that regard, it was successful. (laughs) Did they provide any
2: rationale as to why the most obvious way to fight uh, a giant monster was to build a giant
1: robot instead of like nuclear weapons or whatever um they they did go into that uh a fair bit actually more than I was expecting they They discussed like the 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 practical um the practical problems with funding giant robots and where these giant monsters are coming from is a big plot point um I don't remember specifically – like, I I, I imagine just nuclear weapons were out because, you know, blowing up a lot of nuclear weapons near these big cities would be a problem. (laughs) But, uh, uh, yeah, like, early they – like, the beginning of the movie is sort of historical flashbacks of the first few of these monsters that appeared. And and oh, right, so
2: it's like set in a world where monsters have been
1: plaguing us? Yeah, yeah. This has been going huh. oh, I just my phone on the floor. Hang on a second. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. Uh yeah, so this is uh the the monster cost has been going on for a while at this point in history. So have we been able to beat them back without the giant robots up to this point? Apparently like the first they were able to take down like the first one or two with conventional like tanks and jets and stuff but it took so much ordnance and resulted in so much destruction as of the monsters just rampaging around while the while the armies like slowly whittled them down to dying that it it was obvious that it was not practical that we needed to come up with a way to kill these monsters much more quickly do you think whittling was probably the worst choice of activities. Yeah, monsters, they're not really, I mean even if you can do like the ball in the cage or the wooden length of chain, they're just uh-huh. not going to be very impressed. Okay. But uh yeah, I mean it was pretty good. The I my my only real complaint about the movie is that I'm I'm really getting sick of ultra generic jock soldier bro heroes. And the the two main characters in this movie are the the male lead, who is just this super generic dude with no particular personality or backstory. And then the female lead, who has a fairly well-developed backstory and is pretty interesting. Uh, But guess who gets to be the big hero and who gets to be the sidekick? You know, I feel like they they kind of blew an opportunity there. Hmm. But it, to their credit, there's no, there's no, no romantic No, it's, it's just ice so. cream. It's just ice cream. You figure? I don't understand that sentence.
0: <clears throat> no, there's that joke about the penguin whose car breaks down and he um, um, he leaves it to get repaired, and he goes and he gets some ice cream, but it's hot in the summertime, and so is mouth is all covered with ice cream drippings, and he goes back to the mechanic, and the mechanic oh. says, oh, looks like you blew a seal, and the penguin says, no, nah, it's see. just ice cream. <laughs> so you said, you said they blew an opportunity, right?" and I right. said, no, it's just ice cream, and it could have just been,
3: <laughs> this it could have just like been one of those things that was
0: unsaid, so that five so percent that of the audience who got <laughs> the joke would have really appreciated my, my high concept yeah comedy that i was going for there but but now we had to
1: had to had to screech it to it a halt while everything. i got that yeah. joke we had
0: to, to we me. had to dig yes. into it what i need is one of those I, I need a soundboard that will allow me to put in a record scratching
2: sound <laughs> how about uh we release two versions of every podcast one the idealized version that, which i spend hours editing yeah and the <laughs> <down other> one <laughs> which is just the bullshit that we say <laughs> hmm. but which one gets version? the laugh track well, the the, the idealized version might not feature much of us talking.
0: Yeah, that was what I was going to say. I feel like the <laughs> Ideal version of our podcast might be so short as to not exist.
1: It could just be an hour and a half of me laughing. Uh, okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah.
0: There is, There's for someone, that is
2: an Ideal podcast. <laughs> Do
0: you think that when Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro dies, he will be greeted at the gates of hell by... A creepy, super skinny monster with eyes on its hands. I would like to think that that's what will happen. It's possible. The only thing that I really know about Guillermo del Toro is uh, from an interview that I heard where he insisted that um, I forget exactly what the quote was, but it's like, you can't fuck unless you have a hard dick. He's a very foul-mouthed guy. Yeah? In multiple languages. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Pan's Labyrinth is actually uh, Spanish for something too obscene to say on this podcast <laughs> we don't want to get thrown off of iTunes
1: do you think if you tried to give that guy a high five he'd find that really upsetting the guy with the eyes for on his
3: hands
0: well I think the way yeah. that you give that guy a high five is by punching him in the eye socket <laughs>
3: or <laughs> winking <laughs> oh, okay yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, it, to him a high five and an Eskimo kiss are the same thing No, no no a butterfly kiss an Eskimo kiss is where you rub the tips of your noses right, uh, back right. and forth. A butterfly kiss is where you, say, uh, you, you, you blink and rub your eyelashes against the, the, the child's cheek.
2: I'm assuming Ugh. you're doing
0: this to a child.
2: Because nobody would do that just prior to getting arrested. somebody
0: actually cared about. Yeah, it. yeah. well, sure. <laughs> and nobody cares about children. Nobody cares about children, yeah. yeah that's one thing I've learned in my travels. You can just take them. You just you just go through a <laughs> town you've never been to before. If you're like, I want a souvenir, just take a kid. Nobody yeah, yeah. Will, nobody will give a shit. That explains your closet. Mm. It does, yeah. I mean, little, I imagine it's it's
1: you spend a lot of time looking for a kid who's wearing the shirt with the name of the place that you're visiting on it. So, nah, you could it's just a proper
0: souvenir. You could just sort of scratch it into their skin. <laughs> how you um, okay. that's how you that's how you determine which ones are gonna complain a lot. You could, over also, next, you could also over the next over the last couple of weeks of their lives.
1: A date. Thump them on the head so you know if they're ripe or not. Yeah.
3: Mm. I
2: I hit my head today. I was at the gym and I hit my head with a twenty pound weight and smelled burning rubber. And I didn't know if Uh oh. Well that's the thing. Like, like did I cause some sort of neurological dysfunction or did just around that same time somebody like do something in the jam that caused there to be a a smell of burning rubber no idea i don't i still
0: don't know whether that was how did you have occasion to hit yourself in the head with a 20 pound weight what were you doing with it
2: uh i was doing a uh over the head tricep extension with just free weights and those are pretty loosey-goosey I didn't, well, it wasn't like a massive tra- head trauma. Like it wasn't like I left a, a welt or anything. But I'd like just sort of knock I know myself. that a
0: welt is an indication of massive head trauma, so much as like a concussion is an indication of massive head trauma. Okay, a welt is more an indication of, of getting shot with a BB gun. <laughs> did that happen?
2: Okay. I didn't know.
0: I okay, did so, so it's possible BB. that at the same time that you hit yourself in the head with the weight, someone shot a BB gun up my nose, a pitch yeah. drop experiment, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, and then into your nose. Yeah. Oh, so wait. Were-
1: did you? Was the time at which you smelled this was did that happen to actually be the exact time at which the pitch drop fell?
2: Uh, it was not
1: uh, because that happened sometime over the
2: past week, and that that is apparently some bullshit copycat pitch drop mm-hmm. experiment.
0: The real oh, really? pitch drop yeah. at Oxford. Is waiting for Skrillex to show up.
1: <laughs> is it in Oxford
2: or is it in Australia?
0: Queensland. Queensland. That's in Oxford,
2: right? Oh, I don't think that's so. a
1: real bummer. I had no idea what not actual Everywhere that is in America is the one. same.
2: Yeah,
0: this was like a this was a This
2: was a, this was some other crazy this was
0: at bullshit. White church. That sounds like an English place, right? It also it sounds at, like it also sounds like Australia. This was at Cockfoster's. That's Elephant definitely and English. Castle. <laughs> yes. This place was at Chips on the Lift. <laughs> yeah, so Ch- qu- Chips. Chips on Lift is a pretty good English village name. So there's name, a right? Queensland
2: one and a Trinity one. Okay. I think maybe the Trinity one is the one that fell. So it was in England
0: and not Australia.
2: Yeah, so the Trinity, the Trinity College one is the one that, in Dublin, is the one that uh-huh. just recently dropped. And the one in Queensland is due to drop, say, probably in October. Huh. But the Trinity one is is not the original? The Trinity one started like 20 years later or something. It started in 44 versus um, 27. Kevin is
0: frantically wikipedia
2: Yeah. With a single finger. That's the beauty of touch screens. It's not even a
0: finger. It's a thumb. Well,
2: okay. Sure. But I'm holding the phone with my single finger. It's balanced on a single finger.
0: Okay. It isn't at all. Good job, uh, Riff. Have you been playing any video games?
1: Uh, I've been playing some video games. Do you have you guys not been doing anything non-video game that you wanted to talk about? Nah, uh, not
0: really. Have you?
2: Um, not really. I mean, I saw some movies and stuff, but nothing. Oh, I guess I saw uh, a good a good movie about uh, that, that starred Bill Murray as um, FDR. It's called Oh, I. Remember seeing the trailer for that and it looked really good. How was it? He is he is amazing. Um it's called Hyde Park on Hudson. Uh and it is it sort of recounts the period of history where yeah, I th- I think it was early in relatively early in his presidency when he was dealing primarily with coming out of the Great Depression and and the closet. Well, and then there was all the sort of like stuff mm-hmm. Like sort of beginning to boil over in Europe, but World War two hadn't started yet um and the king and queen of England came to visit uh the United States for the first time in
0: u s history and the king was played by Colin Firth, and he had a dreadful <laughs> stutter
2: um almost uh but it was great it was it was super great, and I had no idea how much of a philanderer that f d r was um, <laughs> which is surprising given the the polio it's like it's like you got you got a significant disability, and you're also potentially the most important, powerful man so, in, the, in, the, in the United yeah, States. In the universe, <laughs> um,
0: I feel like being the the president is a pretty serious trump card to when imperial? it comes to just arbitrary poontang. It it is it is difficult for me to imagine a condition other than say like knife dick that would stop you. As the president of the United States, from regularly getting as much strange as you wanted. Well, okay,
2: so but then, what, how, how do you feel about? Well, yeah, that's riff, riff. We're not going to explain that one. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Carter, what are your thoughts on Jimmy Carter?
0: Well, Jimmy Carter is theoretically the only United States president to have not cheated on his wife while in office, right?
2: And because because his like, he admitted tearfully to thinking about thinking having lustful thoughts towards another woman as as cheating on his yeah. wife
0: my uh my, my dad got in trouble with my mom for, for buying, having a lustful thought no for buying that issue of playboy because it had an interview with the president really in it that was interesting and he it was a like a case where he did really buy it for the article <laughs> yeah, my was, dad subscribed
2: to playboy upset. and yeah had 30 years of playboys by the time that I was old enough to know what that meant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Your mom is a Your mom's a little more easygoing about that kind of thing. Than sure. Mine sure. Really about everything. Yep. She is. Yeah. So, I have to say, if I'm just if I'm just calculating the likelihoods of things, uh-huh. I'm saying that the likelihood of me sleeping with your mom orders of magnitude higher <laughs> than the likelihood of you sleeping with my mom. I will agree with you and on that. There you go. See, I will this agree is just, with the, you on this. That. And this is the this is the world we live in. This is not a value judgment. This is <laughs> this is because this is just you're president. Of this is the news, not the weather of the of this <laughs> podcast. It is. It is. It's a position of privilege, and it doesn't even matter to your mom that I have a knife dick.
2: <laughs> uh, kind of matters to me. She's kind of into it, you know. Yeah. Like,
0: I mean, what? You're done in there. <laughs> what do you care? Okay. Oh, man. Now have you been playing any video games? Are, have, I, yeah. have I done it? Have I ended the segment
1: yet? Have yes. you guys, are you guys cool yeah, to I move think, on? I think you've yes. put a definitive end on that segment. Um, yeah, I played a bunch of uh, Shin Megami Tensei 4 on the uh, 3DS. Uh, it What's is, that like? It is the, uh, the newest one. Well, okay. I was about to say it is the newest one in the Shin Megami Tensei series, as though that weren't completely obvious already. Well, um, so it's
0: but, is it the follow up to Devil Survivor Fortnite? Uh,
1: I, it's in the same universe as that. There are a lot of games series that exist in that universe, and I'm not sure which of them belong to which discrete series. Like I know all the all the Persona games are their own series, and they also kind of exist in this. Uh, it's not even really the same fictional universe, but it's 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 sort of this meta series that keeps a lot of the same game mechanics and elements from individual series to individual series. And So
0: is there is there an auteur guy behind all of them or is there a single studio <sighs> making all of them or like what, is, it, there what is, is the actual thread between yeah, them?
1: I'm not even really sure like in terms of devs. I know that the the it's a single team that does all the Persona games. Uh, But the thread that ties them all together basically is that they're all uh, JRPGs with menu-driven combat. And the main mechanic is that you're fighting demons and these demons, through various ways, which are different from series to series, you can recruit these demons. And then they are other party members that you're using to, to fight the bad demons. And there is a um what was it? Monster Rancher element where you fuse demons together to make newer and more powerful demons. So okay. you So the the way the Shimigami Tensei games work is you've got uh you've got like your your character in this little 3D world that you're moving around in third person and the the enemies appear on the map as sort of hazy Blobs and blurs, so that you can you can choose to either attack them or run away from them. And if you get into a fight, then it's then it switches to the the default sort of JRPG screen where you see your enemy and you've got menus that you pick your attacks from. Um, what's particularly interesting about this game, this particular iteration, is um, the plot. I I, I haven't. Played a lot of the games in this series, but the ones that I have played have eh, they've not they've not been particularly interesting me to me uh, plot wise. But this one is turning out to be really weird. Um, it starts out with the main characters are medieval samurai in some sort of alternate history or alternate world Japan where the kingdom was founded by a samurai who discovered the ability to summon demons in order to fight the demons that were invading and so he he became the first emperor and has established this lineage of samurai and your character every year there is like a festival where all the young uh where all the young people come to see if they qualify as samurai which The test is to put this gauntlet on, and the gauntlet uh, has an LCD screen on it, and there's no other like high-tech technology in this world. It's all very medieval, but this gauntlet, for some reason, has an LCD screen on it and an AI inside it and the a i like decides all right this is gonna be this is gonna be the new samurai for this gauntlet, and you're it asks you which picked.
0: finger the magic is in,
1: yeah <laughs> something like that and uh i I can't really go much deep more deep into what happens in the plot than that because it starts to get into crazy spoiler territory pretty quick, but it's uh there's there's weird weird stuff going on in this game, and it's really interesting from a plot standpoint. Um, the the gameplay stuff is I mean it's pretty basic JRPG. They've done a lot of stuff that's that's pretty nice, like and kind in in terms of the mechanics. Like, it used to be that if you wanted to fuse some demons together, there is a, paci- a specific place that you had to go and do that, so you couldn't do it in the middle of a dungeon, for example. Uh, but now you can you can do it anywhere. It's just another menu item. Hmm. And the, there's, uh, instead of having just the demons that are in your party, you also have a stock of uh, starting out at eight, and I think it eventually goes up to a dozen Demons that are in your roster that you can switch in and out of your active party uh, as a as a command during combat, and you also have access to their spells when you're not in combat. So you can Wait, you, wait, can, you have, can switch them out from your party while in combat. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that
2: seems like a, it, like that like that featured almost like sounds
1: so
0: unpleasant to me that I would like, like I would want to it, it up. It expands the possibility space such mm. that you. Suddenly, have to start stabbing yourself in the dick to get the most out of. Everybody. I've I've
1: I've not yet gotten to the point where I was forced to like rotate guys in and out, just as a strategic thing. It's it's mostly so far just the, been the world
0: is not big enough for the air quotes around forced. <laughs> right, <that I'm> <laughs> right. When I say. Forced.
1: Uh, so right. far, it's it's just been a thing like, all right, this demon died. I gotta summon okay. another dude into that slot. Sure. You know, sure. and it and it takes it takes a turn. To summon a guy that's it's it's a term that your main guy is not attacking or spe- casting a spell okay. so it's it's not something that you're going to do a lot but it's very handy and and having that stock of guys means that you can have a demon with healing spells that just sits in the stock and when you come out of combat you can use his mp to his magic points to heal all your guys up instead of having to use the off of a guy that you're actually using actively in combat
0: thanks for clarifying what mp is for our audience which is all
1: yeah that grandmas. that that occurred to me as i was saying that there's very little <laughs> chance that anyone listening does not know what mp means i mean it means but, military police right yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's when you, that's when they make you peel potatoes in the
1: kitchen Uh what else do they they call this mess hall. They um when you die the okay, well first of all you can instead of this is the first This is the first game out of any of these that I've seen that you could save the game anywhere instead of having like save points. Uh, it's just a, there's a menu item to save, and you can do it wherever you have so to be. So this is the first game in the series awesome. to come out
0: after 1996.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, well, Save save Anywhere has not been a big feature in JRPGs that I've seen for long since it's become common in other sorts of games. Uh, so that—I that, don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just not playing enough of them. But uh, But the other thing they do is when you die— uh, there's a little cut scene where you actually go to the underworld and, and Charon is there and he offers to send you back to where you were in exchange for a hunk of of your gold or uh, if you're assuming you're playing on 3DS because I, I think this is only out for 3DS uh, he'll also take the... Uh, the the play, play, the play, the play coins. coins that you get yeah.
0: for uh, that's great
1: yeah it's it's pretty cool and it it turns out it, because you can save anywhere and he takes a lot of money if you take this option it's generally better to just you know save, just restart for a
0: the jog game. and then play, him <laughs> play. Yeah <it's, laughs> oh, well or so or good.
1: just just re, uh, reload the game back to your saved game before you die but if it turns out that you forgot to save for a long time and died in a terrible place it's really handy to have this extra option uh, he'll even uh, he'll even let you go into debt to him if you don't have enough gold wow yeah
0: the playcoins thing has been interesting to see like So microtransaction free-to-play games can be gross and often are gross, but I feel like with the 3DS, Nintendo has taken some of the things about that that are interesting, which is namely like having an RPG with multiple sort of discrete currencies that are acquired in different ways. And in a free-to-play game, it's usually like, you know, killing monsters versus giving them money. But mm-hmm. on the like 3DS...
2: External to the game. On the
0: 3DS, it's like playing games versus the pedometer, which I'm not going to, like... I don't think that that's actually, like, improving the world you in know? any in any meaningful way. No, I don't, because I feel like it's... You it, think it's, that people
2: just put it on paint shakers and then walk <laughs> away from it?
0: I think that... I think that somebody who thinks that a Wii Fit is going to get them in shape is not coming at
2: causality from the right direction. I, I want there to be success stories of people getting Wii Fits or DDR dance pads or whatever. Sure. And having that either keep people in shape or get people in right. shape. I, I and mean, I don't know if there are any or
0: actually heard of any. but I don't enjoy... Seeing failure right, no, but, but I, I mean it's like I, like I
2: like the idea of video games being transformative like you know there's mm-hmm. this zombie run thing which people are talking more and more about as a thing that's really exciting and getting them to go out and run more right like my that's my worry
0: cool. this is this is getting outside of the 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 range of a conversation that i that I started, but my my take on a lot of stuff like that is that like gimmicks. Fitness gimmicks are very appealing to someone who doesn't want to actually deal with what fitness requires, which is for just every day for the rest of your life you do some shit you don't want to do.
2: Come to the fucking gym, man. It's,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. F- right. Fun. But that's the only fucking the the only thing that creates fitness is suffering. Right. There isn't a shortcut, and every
2: well, every okay, but can't, every so shortcut
0: that pops up. Is gonna last a little while, and then it's gonna stop. I mean, I really enjoy rock climbing,
2: and I imagine that I would be reasonably fit if I spent four hours a day rock climbing. I would also probably have broken a bunch of bones and have no skin on my hands or whatever. (laughs) But like, do you know what I mean? Like, those are like I could imagine situations where if you really enjoy running. There are people who do that, and they will just
0: run. Sure, ultra marathon. But somebody, and that who, being somebody who really enjoys shape. running, doesn't need a Fitbit. Somebody who really enjoys sure. running doesn't need a pedometer. Somebody who really enjoys running doesn't need a treadmill. Right? Like that's okay. The, the, me, that's I'm gonna the, I'm gonna argue with you here though because I feel like Weight
2: Watchers. I know I know a couple people that sure. Weight Watchers has been tremendously valuable for them because being able to assign point Sh- okay, values to foods right has dramatically changed the way that they interact with. It's
0: through. it's a it is it is a it is a it is like an RPG. So you're right. You are right about that. Like that that is that is a system that you can overlay on your sort of behavioral habits right. that can give you a framework for starting to sort of like understand the truth, which is basically the only way that you're going to be in good shape is if you're unhappy a lot of the time <laughs> because you can't have some fucking ice cream when you want it. Right, right. Right. And that 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 there's just there the universe is giving you fucking nothing for free. And coming to that realization is the best way to sort of achieve some peace with the way your life is going to be, right? But so I don't th- but I don't those,
2: think I would go to the gym if I didn't feel better in general. Yeah. And like on the like you know in the like so for, you know for the past month I've been going to the gym whereas for the the year maybe year and a half before that I I had basically not been going and I feel like my mood's been better and yeah. like just
0: life has been just but, better but it takes like a month right sure and it is only because you know that that will happen and you are willing to de- delay that gratification yeah so you go to the gym instead of going to the burrito place. Sure, and yeah, right? I mean, that, like, I just
2: it, I, I work it's... slightly less, which means I make slightly less money, which means I just like, like, there's there are uh, all kinds of trade offs. We're a team, buddy. Well, no, but I mean, I need money to like you know pay rent and stuff. Like, there there are th- real world things that I like that are important to earn money for.
0: <laughs> where where I was going? <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. With this is yep. that it is interesting to me to see some of. I think the lessons from like not everything about every Zynga game is evil. Right? Zynga's okay. evil. I think we can agree on that. <laughs> but not everything like there are things that you can learn from how much better Castleville is than Farmville that you okay. can use in contexts that are not abusive. Castleville and is better for us. I
2: I like the idea of Farmville being, for some players, uh, a very abstract quilting simulator or whatever sure. is interesting to me, right? Like there are you know people who play Tetris, not competitively, but just sort of on infinite, like not getting any harder mode sure. or whatever. It's interesting.
0: So what, what I, I, I am a cynical guy. Mm -hmm. But I also like to acknowledge the good consequences. So, like, it is not—the Nazis were not good because one good thing came out of human vivisection, right? But if we learned something from that human vivisection that would save lives, the thing we learned is still good, right? The methodology, not good— Right. I I'm going to I'm going to go on record with this controversial opinion. Here. <laughs> human vivisection. Not okay.
2: Does that yeah. does that in, inherently mean that you're cutting into somebody that's alive or something? Is that what vivisection means?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I, I think vivisection you have to be alive. Wow. I that's, think so, yeah.
2: yeah that's a, like, that sounds right. A, that's a that's a much like uh, less human, palatable word than I I have. human thought vivisection
0: about. might be a might be a, a, an oxymoron in the sense that vivisection might mean animals. I don't I don't know, but Gross experimentation on human patients. It is gross and it is bad, but if something good was learned from it, you shouldn't just reject the good thing that was learned from it because of where it came from if that thing is good in a vacuum, right? And so Zynga might have arrived at some satisfying things via their gross A-B testing, trying to squeeze money out of dudes that could be used in a non-gross way. That would improve the experience for somebody, right? And this and, and play coins on the 3DS are an interesting, you know, potential evolutionary branch of that, right? Where there is this alternate currency that you can do different things with in different games. And I'm sure that How, because of you, the way that... Do you
2: only earn them through the pedometer? I'm or? pretty sure you only yes. earn them through the pedometer, yes. yeah. Wow. Like, I like that idea, except I don't want to necessarily have to carry my 3DS around when I'm walking a bunch.
0: Well, you don't have to. Oh, the things that you spend these coins on are totally optional. No, no, no. no. I'm saying, right? but like, I, mean, I,
2: I like the idea of earning that currency. I just don't like the like. I wish I could carry a tiny pebble that would report back like a, to the like 3DS. that watch.
0: Did you back the Kickstarter? I mean, because I'm sure you could sync that up with your three Ds. <laughs> sure.
2: I mean, yeah. sure. I mean, that so that's that would be a way in which a Fitbit would be valuable to me is if I could earn some play coins via my Fitbit, which I don't. I don't actually have a Fitbit, but.
0: You don't have a Fitbit or a 3ds, so well, okay, you, yeah. You, These you, are there's, there's right. I have some problems. So you're using <laughs> something that doesn't exist to earn some something that doesn't here, mean yeah. anything. Yeah, no, it's, that's good. Sure. I just it, it, it is it is neat to see, right? It, so in the same way that like, I don't feel that an energy system in a game is inherently unethical. It has been used oh, in a lot like of a unethical temporal, ways. Temporal but like I mean, things. clearly, because we made Kingdom of Loathing, which operates on that as a principle, it is an offshoot of BBS door games, which weren't trying to make any money. Right. You know, I mean they, That was just getting a certain they, number of well, turns okay, per so day. BBS door games were trying to make money, but they were they were using the shareware model, right? And I mean they did. I feel like I feel like Seth Robinson made a living off of Legend of the Red Dragon and I don't know if the I don't know who made Baron Realms Elite but I would like to think that that guy made a few tens of thousands of dollars in the 90s that he then used to you know maybe learn some new skills and start a new career somewhere else I don't know <laughs> Seth Robinson made a funeral uh, MMO yeah that was kind of terrible Whoa, who
2: what who made Trade Wars a funeral I don't MMO know.
0: Yeah, so Seth Robinson, uh, we should, we, we're tracing this, we should, we should examine Seth Robinson's uh, career arc to see what's going to happen to us, because he made Legend of the Red Dragon, then he made a game where you used Scrabble tiles as words for RPG combat <laughs> that was a huge oh. failure. <laughs> then, then, then he made a, an MMO where you're a funeral director. Okay. There were some other games in between. Were there? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But well,
2: but yeah, that's that's the basic uh, yeah, that's the basic good. idea.
0: Yeah. Um. Anyway, is
1: everybody in this MMO a funeral director?
0: <laughs> yeah, everyone's a funeral. Wow. Director, your funeral director. It's um.
3: That's
1: good.
0: What what else have you been playing, Riff?
1: Uh, that's all I can think of of note. I mean, I'm sure there were little flash games and stuff in there, but I don't remember anything specifically.
0: More Animal Crossing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of Animal Crossing.
0: I think I'm done.
3: Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I
0: think I'm done. I, I like I just don't care. I just don't care. It 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 does not seem like your sort of game.
2: Why do you think it is so compelling for some people and so non compelling for other people?
3: Mm. I don't know.
0: Mm. I mean people who just enjoy going through the motions and don't require any like sort of It's not even like an extrinsic motivation, right? It's like like just a... It's people who are willing to relax the meaningless things to which they will ascribe meaning.
2: Do you buy into the notion of some video games as ritual that has been discussed, that's been bandied about?
0: I mean, there are certainly times where I... Would buy into it about a particular thing. I mean, I feel like there was there was a period of several months in my life during which playing The Binding of Isaac was hmm. was just, you know, that was.
2: was I, I don't think of that as as so much ritual as like a chip, as your sort of chip chain experience, where there was a daily
0: puzzle or daily board. I'm stoked about the the spelunky. spelunky thing yeah which that is that is just such a good idea Riff, did you hear did you hear about the daily i heard that there is something
1: i don't know so the the, the
0: way that the way that it works is my my understanding of it like sort of based on what i've seen him say on twitter and what i the, the way that i understand you know how it probably works on the back end is every day it picks a seed and it generates everyone gets the same randomly generated spelunky game which you get one try to play, hmm. and then there's a leaderboard for how many points you get. The and that one is, try thing is nuts. That is so yeah, fucking interesting. great. That is so great. I cannot tell you how happy that makes Cause
2: me. Because even good players could have a, yeah, could have exactly. a an accident.
0: And even, even bad players have but a chance to do well. I mean, really this, is, rhyme, this yeah. is like, I, I, I wish that, I wish that I could talk to Mark Rosewater about this because I think that he would be really happy that this exists. Hmm. maybe he knows I don't know man he could pay attention to video games he doesn't seem like he cares about video games that much so but I mean that would be a that would be a great
2: example of a ritual like a game where you played every day or every you know you every Saturday and Sunday you picked it up to play the daily games or something like that and i and I feel like I feel like there isn't that people have made the argument that animal crossing is mm-hmm. more like that than than these sort of digestible games that have a beginning, middle, and end that you then put away forever.
3: Yeah,
1: it definitely has. A, yeah, it has some of that. Definitely, it's it it's it satisfies that and the urge to collect things and uh, and try and get the entire set or try and get you know all the all the parts that you feel you need to make the inside of your house look the way you want it. Right. And it it also I don't know it kind of scratches that. Like, it's a, it's like a nice sort of mini vacation spot. It's like a nice place you can go spend a half an hour doing nothing. Do you really spend a half an hour? Like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know exactly how much time. Because to me, it but... seems like
0: my experience with Animal Crossing leads me to believe that I either need to spend five minutes a day playing it to get stuff out of it, or... I need to spend like ten hours doing something boring and repetitive that hmm. lets you do over and over again in order to make the same. There's
1: no end state, right? Like it, it just keeps yeah, going. No, it, it keeps going, and it's 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 got a lot of time stuff that you know that trickles out over the course of the entire year. Yeah, there's stuff. I, on a year I guess you cycle, you, right? you could potentially get everything over after. After a year of play, you could probably get everything, I guess. But there are and then like these theoretically be done, but
0: there are these pivotal events that occur, right? Like it seems like there's that after you after you pay off your first mortgage, then the old mayor shows up and unlocks the island, and then there are other things that seem to trigger on other sort of milestones. Like they had an arc that they supported with new gameplay systems revealing themselves to you and i think that those are both too slow and too too few hmm. to hmm. to be a thing that i am so capable you, of getting into you appreciate
2: into. the game but you want it to be like one and a half times or 10 times faster or something
0: i want it to either be faster or more what do you mean by more i want there to be more things to do i want there i want there to be if if I was only allowed to play it for 10 minutes a day, mm-hmm. and there was 15 minutes worth of shit to do a day, I would still be doing it. I would be champing at the bit to play huh. it every fucking morning as soon as I could. But it... It's like it it exhausts itself in a way that prevents it from getting its hooks into me, I okay. think. Hmm. Right? Like, there are three fossils a day that appear four. in your thing four yeah, and then that system's just done so it's like alright well if that's what I'm doing I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do that and it's gonna take me three minutes to wander around and then I gotta go and the other thing is that the, the nuts and bolts of just using the game are a little bit fucking Congress. terrible like the number of times that i have to just like so so the, the, this here is an unforgivable fucking ui decision the button to accelerate the presentation of text when somebody is saying something to you is the same as the button to cancel out of a conversation so wow. speeding up text is likely to make you inadvertently back out of a conversation and have to do it again jesus christ or just miss the opportunity for getting a quest from a guy. And you can know, and you can know on a fundamental level, and you can you can just understand to the core of your being that that quest was just some randomly generated bullshit. I did not miss anything by not asking, oh, what's up, stupid fucking bodybuilder mouse? <laughs> but you accidentally cancel out of it, and you feel this loss. Oh, you no. feel... Oh, I, I like... know that loss. And... Fuck that. Like what you've got so many uh, goddamn buttons on this fucking piece of hardware. Why the fuck is the cancel out of a conversation button the make the text move faster yeah. button? Like, what the fuck is wrong with somebody who made that decision? Like it's it it, ah, <laughs> it 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 hurts. It physically hurts for me to consider. Does any other
2: button accelerate the conversation? Like is it possible that they're like you just happen to be using it that so.
1: way,
0: because I don't think so. That does seem like a just glaring oversight. Yeah, Riff, I'm not. Am I wrong about this? Am I? Am I missing something?
1: I. I mean that. I. Th- I mean you're correct that the B button is the one that accelerates text, and it's also the cancel button. I. I don't. If I have accidentally missed any conversations that way, it it has not been very often. I don't know, maybe maybe you're paging through stuff faster than I do, I don't know. Oh, I mean, yeah, he absolutely. reads super fast.
0: And also, I I have, if I were to rate my tolerance for reading the same dialogue twice in a video game on a scale from one to ten, it's fucking zero. <laughs> and so, I just... And, and I am okay with occasionally missing some text hmm. as a result of that intolerance, right? Like, I, it's... Yeah, man, that 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 is so frustrating and so off-putting to me. The fact that, like, in trying to accelerate my way through a dialogue that I have seen 10 times and I'm going to have to see every fucking time I take some fossils, this fucking stupid owl. (laughs) The fact that every once in a while trying to speed that up makes it so I have to watch it twice instead of just once makes me want to throw the fucking ds out the window and uh, yeah it's uh,
3: like we
2: need to get to the assignment at some point because some some of the stuff you're saying sure yeah (laughs) is is definitely applicable
0: so i uh i I woke up this morning and as i as i am want to do i i grab my phone off the nightstand and i sit there and i check my rss feeds and one of my rss feeds is tobold's blog and tobold is a Tobold is a, is a is a guy. He's a, I think he, kindred spirit. I think he maybe lives in Belgium. I okay. Think he's, he's maybe in his late 40s. And uh, he writes a blog about video games, and he wrote about an iOS game called Devil's Attorney, which he was like, this is pretty cool, so I'm just like, all right, I'm going to buy it, because I'm a guy. I'm a guy to whom $3, not that big a deal. I was <laughs> probably already going to spend $3 on coffee today. In fact I, I think i actually spent seven dollars on coffee today Jesus. and then i had to abandon one of my refills uh because i i'm also i'm the kind of guy who will spend seven dollars on coffee and then i'm also the kind of guy who cannot consistently keep track of when his weekly <laughs> <laughs> staff meeting conference call occurs oh, true. even though it is at the same time every day for like five or six years it is a fucking it is a surprise every week to me.
2: It is kind of funny to me, but I have an alarm set on my phone, so...
0: I don't know, uh... I don't know when they pick up the trash. I don't know when they pick up the recycling. And I don't know when our fucking conference call is. And nothing, no technology will solve this problem for me. Everything I've tried has just failed in more interesting ways than doing nothing. And, uh...
2: I I would mess with your phone right now and put some, uh... <clears throat> some stuff into your calendar but I don't want to potentially accidentally drop our uh, long yeah. distance. So, chat. I
0: bought this game Devil's Attorney yeah. and it is fucking great. I have been playing it all day. Uh like I played it earlier when I pooped. I played it earlier when I took a little break from work. I uh played it while I was eating lunch. Uh here's here's the thing that made me kind of mad about it and that is going to make me mad about every iOS game that doesn't support this always if there are any iOS developers listening in the audience, if you make a fucking game that when you run it, it turns off the audio from external applications so that I can't play your game while I'm listening to podcasts, I'm gonna be super pissed at your game. It'll be too late, because I've already bought it, but (laughs) fucking fix that in patch zero.
3: Do not release a game. You say that like it's
2: a bug. I think that is a deliberate choice on the the part of some I
0: developers. think it is a choice to not do the work to support what is obviously an API that you could look up how it works.
2: Hmm. I yeah I wonder what the default is and i wonder I mean, whether the default is
0: not to support it right and is so you it? actually I don't know. The, the, so game after game after game releases patches based on uh, okay. on player feedback sure. that allows music, allows music so here's sure. the thing i i kind of like ron gilbert's ios game, scurvy Scalawags and the whatever pun of onomatopoeia it's but just, it's just the sword fighting but i mean it's just it's it's uh insult and it's fight. basically Oh fuck. It's it's kind of it's like it's like match 3 but you're sliding an entire row or column oh. sort of and oh, no, like, well no. Okay.
1: Like 10 million. It's
0: yeah, kind of no though. It's it so you're you're swapping two items but then gravity goes in whatever direction you swapped when oh, it fills huh. in. So it it right interesting you, thing you could play it's it's charming the graphics are cool but doesn't fucking allow outside outside audio so fuck that game i'm just not gonna play it like that is a game that i probably would have spent 10 hours playing if i could do it while listening to podcasts but since mm-hmm. i can't hmm. i've played it for 10 minutes and that's it game over so this devil's attorney game so far for one day has been sufficient to hold my interest even though I couldn't listen to podcasts. What I did was I just stole uh, Kevin's phone off of his desk and listened to my podcast on his phone, <laughs> fucking up his his list of which podcasts he's listened to. Um, so Devil's Attorney is, it is aesthetically and, I guess not necessarily gameplay-wise, but like gameplay ideology-wise the same as like a uh, like a middle manager of justice or that kind of thing except because it is a game that you just pay three dollars for and then you own it it is not crippled by microtransaction Mm -hmm. bullshit so it is man it it is like this game was made just for me if only the 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 criminals that you were defending in these trials were skeletons (laughs) Um, so so it is a it is a no, not exactly subtle, but not like ham-handed pop culture reference laden, super pun heavy, turn-based RPG with very very small numbers. And so and
2: you're you're in a courtroom. Yeah, you're, the you're whole so time? so
0: you're like so the battles are between you and collections of so there's there is a there is an enemy attorney and there are witnesses and there's evidence and then some of the witnesses like so every every enemy every active enemy has like a number that's the amount of damage that they are going to do to you when it's their turn to act you have a bunch of action points that you use to invoke different abilities that you you gain these abilities by like using the money that you earn from trials to like trick out your apartment Okay. Right. You buy you buy extra furniture and you buy like new suits and stuff and like new rims for your car that that increase your abilities in three axes, which are like materialism, decadence, and vanity. Okay. Right. And so each of those each those of those is like a
2: super closely related. Is a simple
0: tree that has different things in it. And so you have certain attacks that work well against evidence, and you have certain attacks that work well against witnesses. And you have things that where it's like, you know, objection uses two of your nine action points and it just disables any human for the for a round. Okay. And the fights tend to last like two or three rounds, and they are way more puzzly than they are. Just sort of RPG attrition stuff. You have like, so there's an attack that costs one action point that does zero to one damage. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're like, well, so I could just try this over and over again and maybe it will work. You can, you can get a, you know, a, a necktie that makes it do zero to two. And then you can get some skin lotion that makes it always roll max the first time you use it. Huh. So then after you've gotten those two power ups, you have a thing that once per fight, Will do two damage for one action point, which is pretty reliable and and under certain circumstances the right thing to do. Okay, there are there are enemies that all they do is augment other enemies. There are like uh, Mm. you know a witness protection guy who puts armor on all of the witnesses and makes it so you have to do more damage to them to actually hurt them. It's what you're doing is damaging their credibility. Like instead of hit points, they have credibility, and you are doing things like uh, I forget what the there's like, you know, humiliate them or discredit them or hypnotize them so that they do less damage. Like, it's, uh, it's so, it is so, it, like, it's cute. You know, it's, it's, it's just like very, so. The, the theming is good. Here is, here, is, here is an example of why I, like, one of the things that I saw in this game that are great. There is a skill called reverse psychology, and the icon for it is the Greek letter psi turned upside down. like that was pretty fucking thoughtful and that indicates that either it was like one guy that made this or Mm -hmm. there was somebody who was involved enough in the process that like either hired a guy to make the icons who understood the same sort of pun sensibility that they were going for with the game it's it's really charming and it's you know i the thing that leads me to believe that it is a well designed game is that there are a lot of ways to go with the upgrades and they're mutually exclusive, I think. Hmm. Right? There are things I in the in the sort of second act of the game, like you, you, you're 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 defending like a guy selling bootleg like, VHS tapes on the street or whatever. Like it starts out in this very like sort of low grade petty city criminal thing and then you defend a mob guy and he buys you a new apartment. And so oh, then you move into a new office and then this new set of upgrades becomes available. But I think I missed a whole tier of upgrades in the second one because I forgot that my apartment had two rooms huh. that you could move between to do different upgrades. So I might have sort of hamstrung myself. But it seems like all of the fights are pretty doable regardless of your build.
2: Okay. Right. Because
0: you're making these permanent decisions about which right. abilities you want to unlock and like you are sometimes faced with like, all right, well, so this guy wants to give you a gift. For successfully defending him, so pick one of these three pieces of gear that will do th- and they, they have different impacts on the different skills, or they increase your stats, or your stats are only meaningful insofar as they unlock abilities, right? There's, the randomness is handled pretty well. There are, there have been fights where, there have been trials where I have concluded ah, this kind of fucking sucks, because the right way to deal with this is to keep starting over and replaying the first round until I get good die rolls oh, sure. and can eliminate this dude. And that sucks, but I would rather have that possibility than utter and complete predictability. Okay, you know, if they were to get rid of the randomness, sure, completely, right? So, so it's it's kind of a mixed way. Anyway. It's a fucking neat game. I'm. I'm. It, it is possible that if this podcast had happened three days from now, I would not have even mentioned this game. But as it stands <laughs> right now, I am in the thrall of this charming ass game, Devil's Attorney. Stupid name. I, I think you concluded the same thing that I did, Kevin, which was that they probably wanted to name it Devil's Advocate, but there was right. already an app called that, or there was something trademarked that was that. But yeah. Anyway. I also, um, after listening to, uh, did you guys, did either of you guys back the Retronauts podcast? No. I guess it wouldn't matter. The podcast just exists for everybody now, but uh, they did an episode about Wario, and Hmm. they went chronologically through all of the games in which Wario appeared and talked about them, and they mentioned that Wario Wario Land 4 for the GBA was really good, and I had it because it was part of the Ambassador program on the 3DS, and it Mm -hmm. is a really good game like it is just a really neat it is a it is a, it's like just a fairly straightforward platformer where you have you have a reasonable number of actions that you can perform like he's got you know like a like a butt slam and a charge and a crouch and a crouch jump and like you can pick up things and throw them and they put those things together it's it's really like a sort of a proto puzzle platformer
3: mm-hmm. okay
0: and you play through these levels And there are some collectibles in the level or whatever. But then the primary gameplay loop is you go to the end of a level and pick up a key. But the key is like this duck whose bill is a key who then just follows you. And you get a timer set that you have to run backwards through the level. And the levels are designed in such a way that traversing them backwards is kind of an entirely different thing than traversing them forward. In one, there were just like all these ghosts along the way that didn't seem to do anything. And I'm like, ah, oh, what the fuck? Why, like, what are the, why are these ghosts even here? But then once I got the key and it was running back through, it's like, oh, the ghosts fucking steal that duck. And then you have to go chase them <laughs> and get the duck back. So they, they make it. So these like parts of it that weren't tense to go from left to right are suddenly like, ah, oh, I gotta be like either faster or more careful to go from right to left. And it's yeah. like, it's just a really cleverly designed platformer with, you know, 16 bit graphics and of that sort of like, I don't know, 2000, 2001 sensibility. Yeah, and and it's yeah. know, it's it's a it's a good uh, it's a good game.
3: Wario does it uh,
1: does it do that thing where I forget which Wario game this was, but I, I feel like it was a a Game Boy or a Game Boy Color one where Wario is effectively immortal, but all the all the monsters when they hit you cause various effects that you, that are required for traversal like if you need to destroy some ice blocks then you need to go run into the guy that sets wario on fire
0: so what's a little frustrating is that that is true that the months sometimes like a, you'll hit a bat and it will turn you into a little bat and there is probably some way to differentiate between the enemies that do that and the enemies that hurt you, but he is not immortal. He has a health
1: bar. Oh, okay. Yeah. that's so a so different, that, different that one is, than I was thinking. Then. Yeah, that yeah. is
0: something that's a little frustrating about it, actually. Hmm. Um,
2: and it's, so it, you think it's not just random? You think there is some way that you could predict it?
0: Uh, well, I I think I hope. Because that that's true. Because really I no don't one. know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think that, like, the things that turn you into a bat, for instance, so that you can, you know, so that you can traverse the vertical portions of this level. It, like, it's set up so there's lights in the level, and entering a light source transforms you back into normal Wario. And so some of it is, like, I gotta turn into a bat and then navigate this maze where I'm, like, sort of using, like, joust controls to move. What?
2: So, like, I had never even heard of Wario Land before, and this is the fourth. Yeah. S- this it's is a whole the whole series.
0: Yeah, wow. I mean Wario started on the you should listen to the Retro podcast about it. It sounds I, interesting. Well, I don't know that you actually should. I mean they they talk a lot about games and if you haven't played them it's not necessarily it's not as interesting. like yeah.
2: Where what, was his first appearance? Game Boy. Okay.
0: It's like Super Mario Land three on the Game Boy, I think, was just a Wario game. Okay. And then he was on the Virtual Boy, he had a game on the Virtual Boy, and wow. uh one of like nine or ten games that were on the Virtual Boy. uh yeah, it's good. What about you, Kevin?
2: Um, I've not really played much besides the assignment this past week. Uh, I've continued to play a bit of Where's My Water on my uh, yeah, on my phone. But um, I still have a it's bunch a of good, games. It's from, a good
0: game. It really is. It really, it is. really like, is a good game.
2: There's like 30 levels per sort of level set, and they all introduce a new mechanic or two, and then just sort of play around with that for a while, and then you move on to a new thing, and it's... Like it, there are just a tremendous number of levels,
0: um, and l- they're all. Little like, over they halfway don't get. They, I've not had them get super repetitive. Nope. like it's a. It's got like a fairly limited number of mechanics, but like they just are good at making levels for. Yeah. it. Like and I played. I played it for like an hour on the way back on the train from dropping my mom off at the airport. Like.
2: Yeah, they they also have like four levels that they update every week, with different themes and stuff. So that's like. It's it's got a lot of a lot of stuff going on, and like Disney Interactive, I guess is the the publisher. I don't know if there's like I don't know what studio made it, but yeah, cool. Uh, so I was going to talk about some of the games that I really enjoyed from uh, California Extreme because yeah. I talked about sort of the old and weird, weirdest ones last time. Um, the game that I spent the most time playing at California Extreme was called Pepper Two you ever heard
1: of this riff that vaguely sounds familiar but i'm not 100 percent certain it is not not terribly
2: unlike pac-man in that you are a guy traversing set paths and there are a number of like around four or five uh enemies sort of wandering around in the same sort of maze like environment
0: and sometimes they kill you, and sometimes you can kill them.
2: Yes. By them. So there's so there's a lot of like overlap in that regard. But instead of there being little pellets that you collect, um, what you're doing is zipping or unzipping the path. And if you completely surround a, a part of the region that like you can't traverse, like you know sort of like there's these paths between these sort of like immovable blocks. Um, if you completely encircle one, then that becomes locked, zipped. But if you only like go two thirds of the way around it and then come back, it'll you'll start unzipping the path.
0: It's it's sort of like Pac-Man plus Quicks. Okay, I don't know if right? I've Where played Quicks. Encircling. Well, Quicks is that you, you have. Have it's, I? It, You've got a joystick and a button to move fast and a button to move slow, and you, you like any area that you encircle becomes colored, and
2: oh maybe I. Have. You're
0: trying to just like cover up. T- there there are a million clones of clones it. clones of it. Okay. Some that reveal pictures of naked ladies, for instance.
2: Cool. So it's so it is a you know it is fundamentally not that that complicated. There are sometimes so the power pellets or whatever are basically the theming of the game is very strange. It's like you are a little angel wandering around, and then if you encircle if there if one of the reasons that you encircle has a pitchfork on it you become a little devil and suddenly you can kill the like ghost like enemies that had been sort of wandering around. Um, but I don't understand what, what if any kind of narrative there is. Um, the game is divided up into four screens divided into a sort of a two by two grid, but connected like a torus, um, So you can go like, you go screen one right. down, if you keep to screen going three. Left,
0: you, if you keep going left, you yeah. just go between one and two, one two yeah. one two one two. And exactly. if you go down, it's like one three one um, three one
3: three or two four two four two four.
2: Uh, right? And then yeah, and then if you zip up every region on the screen, you have sort of completed that screen, and it like you get a little sort of musical interlude or whatever. And then if you if you complete all four screens, then it unzips everything and it starts the game over, but it starts adding some additional challenge like the screen will sometimes just like go black and you won't be able to see the pads anymore or whatever like there's the, like ah,
0: it's a shitty challenge.
2: Well, it's I mean it, it it's tricky. challenging. Yeah, it's definitely it definitely adds some 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 replay value to it. Um, but I was so I was just there with Melissa and we were playing this game two player and I don't know if it was just that both of us were sort of of relatively equal sort of uh, competence in the game, but it was just really really fun to just sort of hot seat back and forth one you know single player but competitive and just play for score between the two of us and you know we were like rooting for each other but also competing at the same time um i don't know it like it it was a really solid very fun experience with a game that i had never experienced before and 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 i was just surprised that i had never heard of it before
0: um it's the value in california extreme is that there's just a lot of like really enthusiastic collectors of arcade rarities yeah in this in this region of the world and so you're just gonna like it's weird as a 37 year old ass man to keep encountering arcade games that i just was not aware existed from the early yeah, 80s and like
2: I, it's just amazing the the number of games that people made that you just like they made a hundred cabinets and then no one ever saw them or whatever. Yeah. And
0: I mean, that's the thing. Like if there were, if there was an arcade game where they made five cabinets and it didn't take off, they probably made them on Alameda. So hmm. they're probably still pretty close to here. Right. That's true. <laughs> All other things being equal. So, I mean, that's, that's a neat, it's, just, it's like a just, you know, in, in, case, you needed, in case you needed another reason to really like <laughs> this part of the world.
2: Uh, another game that I played was called Tubin, which I had never heard about. Um, really? I, yeah, I'd never played Tubin before. Wow, that arcade game was fucking yeah, wow. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I So I did not spend a bunch of time in arcades when I was a kid, um, and the arcades that I did spend time in uh, were apparently not very good. <laughs> um, so the way that this game worked is you are tubing down a river, um, and you have control over each arm paddling which direction uh, you're sort of moving it. Um, and also you have a button to like throw beer cans, and so you can play it single player, but again, I played it was I was playing it two player, and it was just a lot of fun. It's like the levels are designed pretty cleverly. you're traversing these these spaces and collecting resources, but also having to avoid obstacles and you're you're interacting on the same river with with the second player, just trying to like knock them into stuff that's going to pop their inner tube or um you know down sort of the least the less favorable paths that, that don't have as many sort of like beer cans you can pick up and stuff and the controls were different but totally accessible like you like the physics having the motion that that made sense physically but was not sort of a standard video game motion was just yeah. it was immediately it was, it accessible works. it
0: works yeah. pretty well
2: and like so you like you hit two buttons at the same time to sort of Paddle forward. Straight. Yeah, mean,
0: it's, it's sort of like each button. that You have a button to paddle on the right and a button to paddle on the left. And if you just paddle on the right, it it's sort of like those tank games that have two right. joysticks, right? Exactly. Yeah, and because you know, instead of controlling it, both treads, it you're... is in fact. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's on the same hardware as Vindicators, huh, which, which I also is, don't know. It, it's well, it's not the same. I <sighs> say it's somewhat the same hardware. I forget how the controls of Vindicators worked. I think that. Vindicator's had two joysticks that only moved forward and back, and okay. then thumb buttons to rotate your gun and triggers to shoot it. It was like a tank game, which is weird controls.
2: Right, right,
0: right. Um, font is the same.
2: Yeah, and it was just like it was just neat. You know, like you're you're both controlling your movement and direction, and direction is important for being able to throw stuff and deal with obstacles and things. It was.
0: It's also neat that it's like. Uh, it's like a not. It's like a non-violent setting, sure, it's, right? Yeah. It's. Yeah,
2: it's. It was just. It's and the, you know the graphics were pretty good, especially for the time. You know, like just all around. Yeah, it was one of those weird Solid.
0: medium res games. Like people talk about APB, like it's a weird. It is a. It is an oddity in the arcade because it's a medium resolution game. It's like arcade games that run at six forty by four eighty
3: hmm. were a
0: comparative rarity, and I guess that's the same thing with PC games. Right. right like because it was all CGA and monochrome games that
3: but then like by but then like you know the, the
0: the 320 by 200 VGA era was really broad Huh. and then okay and then after that it sort of got to the point where like resolution didn't r- resolution became a lot more fluid after that uh, yeah right like yeah, there, there was a lot there less was, standardization uh, there was less time where 640 by 480 was dominant than there was where 320 by 200 was dominant yeah right after that it's just kind of all over there like suddenly everything had to support whatever resolution
2: yeah that must have
0: sucked to develop for that, I mean, like system shock 2 yeah. it's like uh, well what resolution do we render our cutscenes at right like, well how much room do we have on the cd-rom <laughs> right
2: like, <laughs> um another game that i played that i really enjoyed was called as
0: um, i think you played
2: that a little yeah, bit yeah it was n-
0: physically neat the cabinet
2: yeah it is so it is it is a combination of a joystick with a trigger and then a um a sort of directional dial knob knob. sort of tron controls yeah um and so then also on the cabinet was another button to bring up like a radar sort of scheme yeah um and you you are not limited in the number of lives that you have, but you the whole game is, is dependent on you defending these four sort of space stations in the middle of your map from these invading fleets. And so you the joystick controls you flying
0: around. It's kind of Sinistari. It's like it's like yeah. omnidirectional with okay. a persistent map.
2: Yeah. And you control your orientation with the the knob, and then you are firing with the joystick. I think you can just hold the joystick button down, and it's basically the same as... And it's vector. It's a vector. It's a vector game, vector game. yeah. But the vector graphics were pretty good, um, and it was it was strangely satisfying and really hard, but you, could, you very quickly felt like you were learning how to play the game and, and getting some experience with it, and there were power-ups that you could go out and find, but by doing so, you were... Not hanging out near your space station to defend it.
0: Yeah, and the only way that you could get a broader view of what was going on on the map was by hitting this radar button that replaced your field of view with a mini map. Oh man! Yeah, it was like it, it was an interesting like having having that sort of like information versus agency trade off. Yeah, is a thing that. Cause
2: and it's, it, was, I, you know, it was like a true that a true places, radar yeah. thing where like there was a, an arm sweeping yeah, around, you sweeping so you had to wait a while to see what was going yeah, on. Like, it
3: was,
2: uh, and time was really important. Like like you, they they there were to a to lot of dudes, a coming lot of fleets at coming at you, <laughs> and they were staggered. They were staggered, so there was like clearly an order of operations, but you didn't know what it was until you had like gathered this information, and you could go do sort of a circuit around and fly around hoping that you'll intersect with the nearest fleet or you could spend the second or two to do the radar it was you know a bunch of choices a bunch of strategy and just generally really good and the and the fleets were all different kinds of ships and like as you progress through the game they like started having a mixed configuration of ships which made it that much harder some of them
0: were only shooting at the base some of yeah. them were shooting at you some yep. of them had like you know, multi-directional shots and some stuff. of them started like taking was,
2: two shots to kill, instead yeah, of just one and stuff. Yeah. Like it was, it was good. It was a good game That's, that I had it's, never seen. Another
0: weird, like just an arcade game that I had never heard of yep. before, and it was great. It was yep. just a really well-designed game.
2: It was on the. It was exactly the same kind
0: of cabinet as a game called Mad Planets, which was no fun. Oh, except that the the screen, there was like a a hemispherical dome that was the main screen of Astrak, right? I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, no, the the screen it was a it was a regular monitor, but your field of view was circular and there was a dome. Oh, there was a the dome over the top of it. Sure. So it was like and I don't know if it was like it just that doesn't actually do much as far as visually deforming what was going on or if they compensated for that in the trig
3: yeah, in the know. game
0: or what. It didn't it didn't do anything except make it feel like custom hardware, right? <laughs> you know, sure. Uh, so I
2: played a game that was an Atari prototype. So I don't know how many of these cabinets exist at all. Um, called Sparks
0: with a Z. Yeah, I talked about that a little bit. Did you last year?
2: Uh, it was similar to Pipe Dream in some ways. Uh, you basically are connecting. <sighs> it's, it's sort of you get little pipe pieces that fall down. It's sort of like Tetris in a, in a column, but they're, they're all the same size and it's just, you know, whether you get like an L-shaped piece or a straight across piece or a cross piece or whatever um, and you're just connecting the left to the right uh, but it it starts out really easy and then becomes more and more complicated um, by... It starts sending
0: multiple pieces at a time Yeah, it, it gets
2: faster, it starts dropping uh, sort of blocks that have no pipe in them um, and... It was it was surprisingly fun for a game that seemed to never take off or whatever. The half of the screen was kind of just a wasted real estate because it was like the narrative of the game for whatever reason was you were connecting like the red side of this pipe works to the blue side of this pipe works
0: to add parts to this robot. <laughs> it was like a late, sexy lady robot. Yeah. <laughs> you you put a the first level is you give it a head and then the second level is boobs. And right. then there are like eight levels to fill in the rest of the upper torso around the shoulders. It's like left shoulder, right shoulder, left lower abdomen, left right lower abdomen. It's it's, very weird. I mean, the reason, you could say the same thing about playing a Tetris cabinet single player that half the screen is wasted. It's not because half the screen is there for a second player who is playing against you, you know? Like, it's not going to fundamentally change the game. Yeah. Man. I almost bought... It. There was a Tetris cabinet at ZapCon. Okay. That was in terrible shape. But it was $100. Wow. It a $100. I was so close to buying just, it. Just, like,
2: just having the, the a cabinet for 100 bucks that you could theoretically yeah. strip it was, out I the mean, interiors. It was, it
0: was beat to shit. And it was like, there was still gum stuck to the screen. So I mean, it was it was it was gross and all of the art was ruined, you know, all the side art was ruined and stuff, but it was like, ah, 500.
1: 100 100 dollars for the board and then you could build a new cabinet to put it in. But
0: I was just, I was I didn't buy it because I was mad at that guy because we went to pick up his Tetris game and I was like, "Hey man, does that Mortal Kombat 2 work?" because I saw Mortal Kombat 2 in his garage and he was like, "Yeah, you want to take it?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I want to take it." Took it, just didn't work at all. Wow. Yeah. It's like and so I was excited because I really wanted there to be a Mortal Kombat 2 at Zapcon that was for sale so that I could buy it. And it was for sale and it was at a price that I would have paid except it just fucking wouldn't turn on. It was like, oh, yeah, I guess it was broken. Also, I'm super high and I have no idea what the fuck is going on ever. So I was like, fuck you. I'm not giving you $100 for a Tetris. I don't. You don't deserve $100. That's what I concluded. Anyway.
2: So that's that's all I wanted to talk about.
0: What's in the news, Kevin?
2: Well, uh, the thing that got me most excited this past week was a news story about Stardock acquiring the rights to the Star Control franchise.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, and
2: they are apparently working on a reboot of the series based primarily on Star Control 2. You know, I don't, I don't know how much of the magic of that game was due to the particular people
1: that made it, but... Like, that would yeah, be, I don't, I don't know anything about, about toys, these guys. Is, what's yeah. their pedigree?
0: Uh, Sins of a Solar Empire. I mean, they make, they make space strategy games. Yeah. So it's whether they have guys that are good writers or whether they can find guys that are good writers is going to make the difference, right? The, the universe, I, I mean, Star Control 3 demonstrated that in the wrong hands, no matter how good of a universe Fred Ford and Paul Reich right. created, you can still make it suck if you don't do a good job with the characters. Like, I'm cautiously optimistic.
2: Yeah, me too. I mean, Star Control 2 was simultaneously funny and mind blowing and just full of wonder and scary. Like, they did such a good job creating so many different tones and Little story arcs, and making you feel like you were in this hugely expansive thing that was responding to stuff to decisions yeah, that you were making, like I mean, I feel like it was so it, good
0: it, it was it it's a tone that I struggle to approach even a little bit where it is it is just unapologetically goofy, but not to the point where it gets stupid yeah, right? like how, not, does that, how yeah, did do yeah. it do that it, it's I, yeah, each
2: tone. individual piece is kind of ridiculous, but as a whole, it kind of hangs together. I mean, there's this, like, overarching, like, really kind of sinister narrative, but the individual, like, species and actors that you interact with are just kind of, like... I mean, like, the, 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 sort of
0: like the, yeah. the, the doctrinal conflict that split up the Urquan, <laughs> right. right? Like, it's like, like, all right, like, this species split into two different species because they disagreed fundamentally on how they should destroy the stop universe. other species from rising up against them. Yeah. One of them said we should kill them all. The other one said we should it enslave them all. Yep. <laughs> and so that started this galaxy-spanning war. <laughs> yeah, and like that's so great. That's pretty silly. Also, pretty grim. Also, just a fucking cool story for like whoa. Now, now, so I mean, what I think it is is I think that they 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 establish these goofy things, right? They establish these things that are like fairly like even like Hitchhiker's Guide didn't didn't precisely do this, right? Mm-hmm. Like it got a little stupid, right? At parts, like. Agreed. I feel like it would be it would be hard to go back. Star Control Two nailed the tone that I think Douglas Adams achieved in Dirk Gently's, which is a, is an underserved classic. Sure. It, re, go back and re, if you read if you read Dirk Gently's when you were like eleven <laughs> and didn't like it. Go back. Go back as like a as a twenty five year old I read it read it and again.
2: And don't remember much about it. I didn't I don't remember not liking it, but I don't remember understanding it very well. Read it
0: again and you will be blown away by it. Huh, okay. At least that was my experience.
2: So like yeah, like the oars is the thing that I keep coming back to as being just this Yeah.
0: Super goofy <laughs> but like super fucking oh scary. My God. Yeah. Like uh,
2: So good.
0: Man. <laughs> and then the Like, the being able to just, like, pretend to be the god that the Illrath worship. And just that one conversation option that says, all right, your name is now, and then just something stupid. And then for the rest of the game, they refer to themselves as this stupid thing because their god commanded that
3: <laughs> <laughs> they were no
0: longer the Illrath. They were, like, this, just, ah, uh, ah, oh, god. Yep. Star Control Two is one of the best. Video one games. of the best video games. Like it's yeah. a, the, the thing is, as a game, as a, as an actual like playing like shooting shit in spaceships stuff, I don't know that I believe that it really holds up hmm. because you need a PC that will run at that speed.
2: <laughs> well, you need
0: no, you just need you need uh, you need the the fucking open source freeware yeah. version of it. Urquan where, Masters. Yeah, you need the Urquan Masters. Do, not the HD one, though. There's there's a fucking HD... Like, Re- reboot? Yeah, and it's Re-bit. like, no. That game is supposed to run at 320 by 200. That's where it looks pretty. Um, it, without comprehensive spoilers, it does not play <sighs> yeah. nearly... Like, it's fine for a game that came out in 1992 and that you're it's supposed to be the only game that you play for 400 hours because there are no other games until command and conquer comes out right my disclaimer (laughs) was that i played
2: that game with this giant printed out star map that told me where all the valuable places to go and i loved that game and i think that maybe they would not have lost much if they had just included a map in in the box that was just a map of the stars
0: yeah um so it's, I mean, Starflight, did you ever play, you never played Starflight? I think I might have tried One of these. Starflight. One of these days, we should do Starflight as an assignment, and I don't think that it is going to be fun, but I think it is going to be instructive. I'm almost sure that one of the guys that worked on Starflight, who has the same name as my dad, which is weird, also worked on Star Control 2, um, and may or may not be may or may not be involved in Toys for Bob anymore Toys for Bob got weird right they did a bunch of weird shitty licensed games and then they made Skylanders which right. now they're well they, they made it for one
2: particular platform and that's why uh, I don't know if they ported it or not. Kind...
0: as I understand it they are basically the people that made Skylanders and are now the, the guys that made this game that we love so much are just living in a house made out of money
3: huh. and that's
0: great <laughs> Um, but, oh uh, man, this could be good. This could be good, but I'm sure that there were people who were cautiously optimistic when Star Control 3 was going to come out and then Star Control 3 was, right. you know, I bought it when it came out and I played 10 or 15 hours of it and I was not, I was not disgusted by it. I wasn't, I wasn't nearly as in love with it as I was with Star Control 2, but like, right. You know.
2: Uh, let's see. Here. Something else that was interesting was that Microsoft has said that they are opening up their platform for indie developers, or well, for for developers, basically like self publishing. Um, theoretically, the Xbox One, every Xbox One will be usable as a development unit, so you can like theoretically use it to.
0: Like you could games. upload a game to it from a PC and play it on your local Xbox One. I
2: well, assuming that that's how it would work, yeah. And then they're allowing people, theoretically allowing people, you can to actually enter
0: code one character at yeah, a time using a an Xbox controller. controller. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great way to develop software.
2: Um, and that there will be some like sh- relatively short fourteen day approval process for trying to publish mm. stuff. So I hope you know, it's
1: I hope it's curated a little better than xbox live indie games arcade or whatever it's called because that was sort of not
0: curated at all right yeah no it's it's
1: a it's it's a madhouse it's a garbage heap it's crazy you know
2: even though theoretically the apple store is curated there's a lot of garbage there too so i don't know i don't know what how much curation like steam is arguably too curated yeah and
0: apple stores is Greenlight is very work in progress as i understand it right i mean that's
2: like i went through steam i was like huh there's a list of publishers down here at the bottom big fish is one of them what and i looked and there are like hundreds of big fish games on steam that just never show up anywhere but they're available if you want to buy them and i was like so is there some sort of, like, weird underbelly to Steam where there are thousands of games that just never, no one ever sees or show up, but
0: that publishers put in there that somehow... I mean, I would sort of, that's, I would hope so. Yeah? Right? I mean, Yeah, I mean, I hope, like, I would like it if every game that had ever been conceived of was available on Steam, right? I, and Would like... you,
2: like, so then where, does the curation just occur in what bubbles to the surface on the store page in their, like... Grids of popular games and games that are on sale, like, because then that's potentially just reinforcing
0: these weird sort of popularity contests. Yeah. I mean, I I guess there are people who rely on Steam as an indication of quality, right? Like that. Okay. That the, if they buy a game from Steam, they can be relatively sure that it's going to work. But fucking Vampire of the Masquerade Bloodlines talked me out of that in a big hurry, and you know.
2: Well, like, except that we all got—we all finally got it to play. Oh, you know, sure,
0: sure. But ba- they basically sold a game that didn't work, right? Okay. But it's okay because it was possible to make it work, and nobody was just going to be wandering around. Like, no grandmother was going to go onto Steam right. and say, oh, I, I, this game looks interesting from 2002. I'll buy this for my grandson. What? It doesn't work? Like, sure. nobody fucking cares about that guarantee of reliability, right? Like, I mean, there's two assholes in the forums bitching about it, but, like, fuck those guys. This doesn't make any difference. Like...
1: Well, I think that's probably also... Bloodlines is a special case because it's, it's a game that is famous for being awesome but also being broken, you know? Right.
0: But once you've opened the... Once you have compromised your... This game will just run if you buy it from us... Like, I would rather have the opportunity to buy a game from Steam that I have to work hard to get it to work on my hardware than for those games to just disappear, right?
3: Mm, or sure. to
0: be relegated to to spyware-riddled abandonware sites. And, I, you know, I mean, I, I grew up editing autoexec.bat and config.sys to... Sure. Allocate memory based on which particular game I wanted to play. So, like, I have a higher tolerance for this sort of shit than a lot of people do. But also, a game from 2001 that you have to do that shit to is going to cost like a dollar. So, fucking whatever. You know? (laughs) Like, if you go and you buy a game from 15 years ago on Steam. And you don't read the forums where there are 30 people saying, hey, this is a big pain in the ass to get this working on Windows 9. That's kind of caveat emptor, you know? Like, at some point, I would rather have more opportunities than protection. (laughs) So, it's cool, big fish games. I'm going to go buy fucking Insane Aquarium 4. It drops some. There was a game at California Extreme that was basically an arcade cabinet of Insane Aquarium. Was there? Yeah, and uh, as I didn't play it because, whatever. But <laughs> it was like
2: it was interesting the way that they grouped their games. Like there was a big section of vector games, and then there was the section of like CD-ROM or Laserdisc games, yeah. and then there was the like. <clears throat> All the Atari prototypes were all kind of together, and like it was a lot of thematic grouping, which I thought was a a nice way to do it. Um, But then you'd have like four of the exact same game right next to each other, which I don't don't know if that's more worthwhile or less.
0: That's good if you want to have a Robotron tournament.
2: Sure, that's true. Um, The only other thing that I saw that really sort of jumped out at me this week was that the Leap Motion thing. We I talked about this a little bit maybe a couple mm-hmm. months ago. It's a sort of gesture control for windows and Mac. Um, it started shipping. Like it was, it's actually like consumers can now buy it. Um, so it's not as expensive as I
1: it's like assumed either. Yeah. It's like 80 bucks. I almost bought one just to check it out, but I've bought too much crazy stuff recently. So
2: <laughs> I don't know how much support there is for it in software yet. Uh, mm. But it sounds interesting. It's you know I'm I'm curious about these sort of incremental interface improvements until we can finally just pump uh, visuals, in. yeah, p- visuals directly into our brain. We don't need a monitor and
0: you can just inject some sort of liquid into you, and then you can just play Skyrim in your mind. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. We sell this on CD-ROM, DVD, and hypodermic syringe. Yeah. And
0: the, the 1.1 patch, hey, it's just airborne. You'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So um,
2: that's exciting to me. I don't, I don't know much. I, mean, I haven't interacted with one in person, but I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about the, that as a possibility. Let's get one. Let's
0: develop for it. Sure. The, the, and being embraced by the indie scene is the most important thing that can happen to these things. Let's, let's hook it up to that quadcopter you bought me. Oh, that
3: would be
2: pretty cool,
0: actually. Yeah, sure. <laughs> So this assignment, Alpha Fucking Protocol. Yeah, I'm having a good yeah. time. Yeah, riff. I'm curious. Before you get uh,
2: influenced, what what did you think about this game?
1: Okay, well, maybe maybe the problem is that I was coming off of a game in which you play a medieval samurai with a cell phone with an AI in it,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: you're summoning demons to kill demons in crazy places I can't name. But I went from that to this game, where you start out picking from generic soldier mans, and you wake up in a very generic facility, and there's some guards, and you push them over, and then oh no, there's a truck, <laughs> and uh, it I think was you the... mean
0: oh no, the truck have started to move.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. it was it was the most boring game, huh? I I uh, I I mean granted I've I only played up to the point where you get into the safe house for for where the missions actually begin so so You played through I'll, the tutorial. I'll, I played through the tutorial but okay. it was the most the most generic and tedious half hour yeah. to 45 minutes of video game I have ever seen in my life. Wow. And you did you so, do
2: all uh, did you all the various uh, optional things in the tutorial,
1: like the shooting range and the... Yeah, the shooting range and the grenade range, yeah.
0: Each of those, if you get a high enough score in the training, it opens an optional mission Yeah, that you hmm. can do. It is surprising to hear you say that... Like, so I well, I have a weird...
1: I, I'm willing to hold out hope that it gets more interesting when the missions actually start, but my, my initial... Uh, uh look at it was not encouraging, huh
0: so I have this idea that like the reason that I like like fantasy stuff and and this I think is not broadly applicable to nerds, but the reason that I like westerns as a genre is because my arrested development autistic ass way of dealing with other people and the world is really well served by a very simple and comprehensible framework in which interactions can occur supported by easily abstractable technologies such as a sword or a bow and arrow Mm -hmm. or a, a gun that has six bullets in a chamber and then there's a stove and some whiskey. <laughs> right? So like and I, and I, and I think that a lot of people don't a lot of people don't immediately group the western genre and the sort of like low fantasy genre together the way that I do. But I it, it, to me there is a simplicity and comprehensibility of scope that makes those a thing That that makes those genres that are very palatable to me, and that's why I seek that kind of stuff out. And spy stuff. My my dad was a big
3: uh,
0: sort of like crime novel and spy novel enthusiast. I mean, he was you know he was a cop and he like he just was into that kind of thing. But I always felt like in order to understand Dungeons and Dragons, you need a very rudimentary worldview right there are good guys there are bad guys there are heroes there are monsters to understand a western there are good guys there are bad guys there are trains right <laughs> to understand a spy novel you suddenly are required to comprehend the context hmm. that is mm-hmm. yeah. like modern politics
1: yeah which... you need to know why the russians are the bad guys
0: right and 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 and, and that that like i just lose interest right and it's uh, like i I can't tell you anything really about the story of this game, but whatever it is about, like the the systems are sufficient to keep me engaged in it. Like this was like this was like the sort of argument about Far Cry Three. Like the Idle Thumbs guys very much disliked Far Cry Three because. They felt like it got away from just the like satisfying simulation of loved shooting Far Cry dudes, too. right? And whereas I was like, this game had enough, like all of the bullshit that you talked about hating in this game was the only thing that kept me interested in a game which was basically just about shooting dudes. Which shooting dudes is a thing that I do not give a fuck about, right? And this, the RPG systems of Alpha Protocol, make me kind of care about shooting dudes. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> or they make me willing to tolerate shooting dudes so that I can get a plus four inventory space on my armor. Huh.
2: Interesting. Because like, I, I have not worried about upgrading my gear or getting new equipment
0: at all. You have been playing this like yeah. a frustrating-ass f- frustran. <clears throat> I have it been. Is, it drives. Riff, I'm so glad that you're not in San Francisco <laughs> because I would hate for you to have to see what I have seen <laughs> so over have the you last cannot week of watching un-see. Kevin play this game.
2: I have spent uh, multiple hours replaying the same handful of scenes in this game, trying to fucking not kill anybody
3: oh he's not just Christ.
2: trying to not kill anybody hard. he's
0: he is not, he's well, trying to never be seen I, by any.
2: i had to give that uh, because there are there are places in the game where they just they just know where you right. are there is at the end of the at the end of the saudi arabia section there is a vehicle that can just see you regardless of where you are or whether you are literally invisible or whatever <laughs> like it is super frustrating um But but I've also that that has helped me relax my uh, constraints quite a bit, which is making the game more more enjoyable. Right. Because the first at first I was playing where I just if I was ever seen, I would reboot, I would restart. And if I was ever if I took any damage, of course, I would I would restart. Um,
0: My mom got to see a whole different side of Kevin. Just oh yeah, me getting angry at just the computer because profanity laced. There are there keyboard are some punching. Freaking,
2: there are some like problems in their engine because things will NPCs will just suddenly see you
1: through a wall sometimes. <laughs> like the main the main problem I've been having with the engine is that there's no way to change. That I can find the uh, the mouse tracking speed, oh, and, and there's, for some reason it's, it's is not
2: super it, low. It's it is so it's not in any of the menu things that you you, yeah, you would not, think of. Yeah, it's not where you would think it oh, is. Okay, it's there. Where is it? Is it is definitely there. It's in the whatever the bottom one is that is not. Yeah, it's okay. not mouse just or keyboard through, or controls. Just dig through,
0: dig through all the menu, you'll but find it. Yeah, it that is definitely that, there. Yeah, that was that would have been a showstopper for me Agreed, if I hadn't been able to find it. The interface. I almost gave up on it. I mean, this is this is just one of those things. It's like it's like Oblivion, where it's so obviously a console port and suffers so badly from being a console port. Yeah. Except the unlike Oblivion, really it wasn't successful enough to have a good mod community. So, that, like, <laughs> yeah. Like to open the map on a fucking computer, you hit M. <laughs> to close the map, you you have to use the mouse to click on back and then hit fucking tab. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Fuck you guys! Yeah, that's pretty like, bad. We, yeah.
1: d- and the menus to the interface to choose like your weapon and armor loadouts in the pretty base bad. were just you, confusing. You as do, shit. It is.
0: It is. I mean, so it's like this is why I never played Mass Effect One is because of this exact thing where it's like just a crazy, confusing system of menus to deal with something that, like, fucking World of Warcraft, just. Codified. Like, this is yeah. how you deal with yeah. fucking inventory. This is how, yep. these are things you're holding, these are things that you have equipped. The way that this works is that there are little squares that represent different places in the world and little icons that you drag from place to place <laughs> to represent
3: you things know, on putting a on a shirt places or
0: whatever. Yeah. No, the squares represent places and the icons represent things. Oh, you mean the, I- right? the, yeah. the, the, the and, inventory. And yes. the, fact that you, the fact that you're having to build this for a machine that doesn't have a mouse yeah. does not excuse you Although, you know, that said, how many how many thousands of dollars did we spend on programmer time making a comprehensible interface where you drag icons from squares to squares to sure. represent so this is not a thing that you're gonna do for a console port when you maybe are only gonna sell ten thousand copies so on a PC, right? Like Another
2: I, problem that I had was the fucking checkpointing system. Like I could be playing through and get, you know, finally take down seven of the eight guys in this particular section uh, stealthily, and then the last one would notice me and shoot me in the face. And I'd be like, God fucking damn it. I have to start all the way over because I have this self-imposed yeah. um, thing. And I just could, you know, there was just
0: no way to save it in between. Um And I think because you played the same sequence a hundred times in a row, you started seeing the cracks in it, where it's like, sometimes I can walk from here to here at the beginning of this sequence and not get detected, and sometimes I do, and I think maybe what you were encountering was just, like, die rolls Yeah, exactly. stealth skill and stuff, right? This might be based on, like,
2: D&D rules, for all I know, and it's actually rolling dice every time you're interacting with somebody yeah i i don't know the underlying systems but it was incredibly frustrating going through the same thing over and over again and having hugely variant results there are random drops from guards which is also a little frustrating because like sometimes they're super valuable upgrades and sometimes it's 100 bucks and most of the time it's nothing i don't know that
0: there's ever super valuable upgrades that drop Uh, from guards have you had have you had I've had the the suitcase item icon drop off of yeah.
2: somebody. I've I've gotten oh. armor. I've gotten like armor oh. armor inserts. And I sort of and wish stuff. that I
0: didn't know that.
2: Yeah, no, it's that's the thing. It, but it is it's a super low drop rate, and
0: I mean, only that's... happens. Once in a while, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah,
2: it's just. I weird. mean,
0: I feel like you butt up against the save. You butt up against the checkpoint system because you want it to be something that it's not. Well,
2: and so I mean, I want to be able to explore the the dialogue options, and when not, or when the dialogue it's not, it's not trees are at the end of a freaking yeah lo- super long complicated fight sequence, it I is feel like that so whole conversation
0: with Westridge at the end of the tutorial is like. Just let go, just let go of your video game bullshit. Yeah, but it's just say stuff to dudes. That's how this game works. Just say stuff to dudes. Yeah,
2: screw that. Uh, Like it has such significant impact on the
0: actual game. This game feels like it is designed to be played multiple times. I
2: I think that that is that is probably true.
0: And as such, I am just, I am entirely content to just play it and let shit happen. My my mom my mom came in and she saw me sniping some dudes. She was like, "So violent!" I was like, "I mean, oh, she had wow. just
2: seen me spend
0: an hour or two oh, yeah,
2: doing everything I possibly could to not yeah. kill these guys." Well, see, guys. here's the thing:
0: I am sitting there calmly, just shooting dudes in the head, just exploding <laughs> dudes' brains and creating right. orphans. Whereas you are being very careful to not kill anyone, but pounding your fists into your keyboard screaming profanities in the real world. Sure. You're screaming profanities that literal children downstairs from our (laughs) apartment can hear.
2: There There is a line on your character sheet, orphans created <laughs> like seriously like how is that so, no no, no. So see that's zach in, in was...
0: emails that's that is the number of times when you're replying to people's emails you have left a single word on a line <laughs> yeah, yeah without
2: zach was telling me that that he was pretty sure that the game was did not mean to support my crazy attempt to not Stealth. kill anybody it
0: doesn't it i you, you interpreted this okay unfavorably it rewards you for not killing anyone. It doesn't reward you for not being seen because okay. it is impossible to play it without ever being detected.
2: Yeah, but like I got, I got like this email that was like, "Good job not killing anybody." That required a lot of skill, and I'm like, "See, oh, and I got an email. The game is like, totally paying attention.
0: Good Fuck job that. killing everybody. Do you want to join our organization, the Ku Klux Klan?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wow, this is a good simulation. That's like exactly what would happen." Yeah, (laughs) I did only kill the black enemies. (laughs) I was I was I was very careful to use non lethal.
2: Well, you you also (laughs) killed the Catholic enemies and yeah. yeah.
0: I got I so I played the game through Moscow. I did I did all the Saudi Arabia missions and then it opens up and it gives you three. You can go to Moscow, Taipei, or Rome. I did all I did all of the Moscow ones in sequence. So I went on the internet and I read. Are you and supposed
2: I, to go to Taipei first? Because I feel like they're, I they yeah. are pushing you to go there. Are yeah, they? Yeah, there's because you, you uh, the reporter says, meet me there, and there's something else. See, like my interactions
0: with the reporter have been talking to her on the airplane and then emailing her. Like I get the option to email. This is a little weird. Whenever you find something that the game decides you should be able to send to her, you send an email to yourself. And then you can reply to it and forward it to her. (laughs) Okay. It's a a little good. Because they don't, I think it just doesn't have the concept of you having an inventory of files on the computer. It's just using the email system to do this. So I played played all the way through all of the missions in Moscow. And, like, doing it fairly carelessly, I went to, like, talk to the informant first. And I was like, well, I'm going to buy this dossier information about him so I can read how to deal with him. But then I accidentally entered the conversation with him without getting an opportunity to read the dossier. And I ended up, like, threatening him too much. And so when I went to the embassy, there was more security because he had alerted the local authorities to my presence as a dangerous butthole dude. And then (laughs) killing those guys, like, just trashed my relationship with Mina because everyone... Every innocent that you kill, you lose one point of wow. relationship with her. And I don't know how oh. I don't know how high you have to get it before you get to fuck her. But like, <laughs> that's clearly my goal. And I've just lost so much progress. Well,
2: is it that, or is it are you supposed to get some sort of relationship with the reporter? Well, I don't know. Because they seem, but they both seem like potential. I just, love I did, so, so like
0: I felt like me in the real world probably go for the reporter. I mean, she's just spunky. Got get the red hair. You know, right. It's all right, but. I feel like the game is probably going to reward you for sticking with the dutiful Asian gal. So that's, that's what I'm, huh. I, I'm, I'm... I'm both... I'm not playing me. They didn't let me name my dude. Right. You know, which I would You're have named Mike. him, like, Buck Laserton or something, like, Mike Thornton. Really, what I would have named him is Chris Avalon. <laughs> yeah, this game, I thought, up until yesterday, was a Bioware game. Right. I had no idea this wasn't a Bioware game. This is just fucking Mass Effect all over again, but it's actually made by Obsidian Entertainment. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. The internet has the internet is telling me that this game is compromised somehow, and I haven't read exactly how it's compromised, and I'm not encountering anything that feels like a significant compromise. And this is what I was talking about earlier, like not having any expectations going in, right? Like. I'm having a lot of fun playing this game. I did read... I've taken to doing this for big, sprawling games that we play as assignments. Just Googling things to know before you play hmm. Alpha Protocol. So I found a webpage that was just, these are things to know before you play Alpha Protocol. One of them was, you get to respec after Saudi Arabia. So don't sweat. Do whatever the fuck you want up until that point because none of your character decisions are permanent. Because you can respect after Saudi Arabia, that was great. The other one was pistols super fucking op, and you never need anything else because chain shot the chain shot skill in the pistol tree is just like a run into a room, freeze time, and when you unfreeze time, everybody's fucking dead <laughs> like it is it is ridiculous. like you eventually well, get cool. to the point where you can just crit dudes in the head from across the room and you never need anything other than a pistol because that ability is so strong.
1: Well, oh, good. That was pretty much my plan anyway, was to stick to pistol, just because that pistol always tends to be the most accurate weapon you get until you get a sniper rifle. So. Also,
0: when you get... And the sniper rifle... There, sniper rifle is not a category of weapon that you have. Yeah, it's like a you special... Can, yeah, you can buy, like, drops of sniper rifles into specific missions... Hmm. Like you pay five hundred bucks and they put a sniper rifle, which is a pretty cheap sniper rifle. Like that's sort of more of a rental. In a place, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that, yeah, you know, the game <laughs> does stop you from wandering off with it, and also jumping over most chest-high walls. Means,
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm the traversal through the terrain is often very frustrating.
0: <laughs> like when thinking about the actual story of my super debonair international super spy. There is a lot more like, I was sneaking up on this guy, and then I kind of started to climb up a ladder, and then I was like, fuck, and I climbed back down the ladder, and then I went to try to get behind the guy to break his neck, but then I accidentally started climbing a ladder again, and then I climbed down the ladder a little bit again until I was finally on the ground again, and then I broke the guy's neck. And then when I went to try to pick up the $4 that he dropped, I accidentally climbed a ladder again. You know, I was like, wow, this is... A- Kind of the dumbest spy, <laughs> <laughs> but you
2: know, ladders are tough. Ladders have yeah. just always been yeah. handled in complicated. This ways. game you came out in f-
0: like 2010.
2: You can't restore the game while you're on a ladder. <laughs> I don't know if you've, if you noticed this at all. No. If you if you hit escape, the ability to save and reload is just disabled while you're on the ladder.
0: Playing the Secret World has allowed me to think of being on a ladder as a layer of abstraction that basically just renders everything else that you understand completely immaterial. <laughs> like, I feel like if I went outside and just started climbing a ladder, like, if I just, like, got halfway up a ladder, uh-huh. I'd probably do whatever I wanted. Like, there's <laughs> laws don't apply. Both, both the laws of man and the laws of God. Like, i go up on a ladder. I can eat a fucking cheeseburger if I want. I could eat a cheeseburger with an egg on it and a slice of chicken how do you feel about that god no way at all because i'm on a ladder you couldn't see this shit if i was eating this if i was eating this like in a manger you'd probably be pretty pissed but
2: did we talk about our crazy burritos with eggs and french fries inside experience uh we didn't okay i
0: don't think we ate a burrito with eggs in it yeah it's weird that's pretty much the whole story it was good it was really good yeah (laughs) What is it? Was it was it a was it a um, Filipino? Filipino fusion? Filipino Rito, I think
2: Something. is what
0: they called it. Something like that
2: cool San Francisco stories. Yeah. All right, we're, we're sticking with Alpha Protocol for another week. Uh, yeah. Riff, you should definitely spend more time playing it. It does open up. The dialogue trees are actually really interesting. Also,
0: once you adjust okay. the mouse sensitivity to not yeah. ludicrously... I, I can't believe you played the tutorial. Oh, yeah. I, I, I am really surprised that you even made it through the tutorial. Yeah, I didn't realize that <laughs> was... The defaults there are agonizing. Yeah, and,
1: yeah. yeah that was nuts. Uh, especially, like... The uh, the hacking mini game where you have to scroll the <laughs> ah, right. the, the password to the other. Wow. players like man, I just I just am never going to be able to win one of these. I really like the hacking mini game. Like I feel I mean, like yeah, I like yeah. all the mini games. Actually. Yeah, I like yeah. Well, the, so the the lock picking one seems eh. seems so accurate to lock picking that I don't see how it's ever going to be difficult or interesting. As it's a not, game not. Yeah, this element, thing is never difficult. It, like, you get
2: right. you get less and less time as the game goes on. I think yeah.
1: But I've, I really like the tracing the circuits that seem
0: pretty cool. tumblers instead of three oh. uh recently yeah the the bypass thing that gets kind of hard like yeah. you start you start having to do six mm. instead Uh-oh. of just four and they start getting different shapes configurations like they start right being now like, they're kind of predictable, yeah, they start being like right angles instead of the uh, like it oh, gets nice. it gets i mean none of them are hard and honestly I kind of feel like that's the right way for that kind of minigame sure. to be it should feel <laughs> engaging but it shouldn't ever stop you from doing stuff the
2: hacking the minigame is it it is a way of like forcing you to th- to like learn
0: a new skill yeah and it's like it's stressful it's yeah. it's it's like I've never failed one, but I've never felt like I was going to succeed one. Right. Which is, which is like Perfect. us. Yeah, it's like a it's like a really successful design in a in a kind of a in kind of a gross way yep. where it's like what we want is for you to feel the stress of trying to hack into this computer while somebody has a gun to your head and also this girl is blowing you.
2: <laughs> yep.
3: And the password, password is, is oh, never yeah, swordfish.
0: All right. Well, we're gonna. I'm. I'm gonna stick with. It. Like, yeah. I'm. I am enjoying yeah. this game. Like,
1: I don't know I if I'll have give time to sh- finish okay, but it, but no, I'm,
2: shut. I'm excited to keep playing.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's. I mean, because uh, as as people are hearing this, Shadowrun has come out.
2: Yeah. Oh right. So, That's like tomorrow. Today. Yep. Oh, tomorrow.
0: It's twenty fifth. Yeah.
2: The time dilation. dilation.
0: Uh, all right. Well, uh, I was hoping to uh, do some listener's mail, but we are already long as fuck on this episode. So, True. Uh, Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail, which I promise we will read next month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they can tweet us
2: at VGHotDog, email us, VGHotDog at com, or uh, join in the lively discussion on our forums. Uh, you can find a link at com. All
3: right.
0: Yeah, the forums are good. The forums have been, yeah, this brisk. been really cool. We're having a lot of conversations about the nature of things. Yep. Arguments about whether the three D nature of Ocarina of Time informs every aspect of the gameplay of the Ocarina of Time, or whether it could be sufficiently abstracted out to two D text only oh. such that the three dness is meaningless. Huh. I was having fun talking to d- dudes who are wrong about everything in the forums <laughs> today. Uh, no, it's good. It's good. It's a good set of conversations going on in there. Yep. Nice nice people. Take your experience offline. Oh, it's great, yeah. On the God, you know online. what? You know what, listeners? Go out, and, uh, go out and talk to somebody about video games. Maybe just go to a yeah. bar. Strike up a conversation yeah. with a girl. Say, hey, baby, do you think that the 3D nature of ocarina of time fundamentally <laughs> informs the gameplay in a way that makes it a different genre than uh, say a link to the past and if she doesn't immediately walk away she's the fuck keeper
2: <clears throat> your, your your assignment your homework assignment this week is to start three conversations with strangers about video games and to lose all three conversations <laughs> all
0: right good night everybody
1: see you
2: have a great week everyone Is it possible that you're holding your glasses at arm's length so that you can actually see what's going on on them instead
0: of... uh... Listen, my glasses are not like my loved ones. (laughs) I have
3: no problem. I have no problem being intimate with my glasses. Okay. Okay.